Hey, welcome back to the show. It's Mike Cadelic. What's up? Uh, I'm Mike Pregatelli. Hope you're all doing well out there. Spring is blooming. Things are coming back to life. People are dancing in the streets and having wild orgies with reckless abandon and copious amounts of psychedelics. I, I wish, but hopefully soon that'll happen. Uh, my neck hurts. I woke up with a neck pain. That's pretty much what I've realized about uh, in your, you know, getting in your 30s that you just, uh, things just hurt now. You just get pain. When I was like 22, I had no problem just passing out in a chair after drinking a, a hundred four locos and snorting angel dust. But uh, times have changed. Times have t- uh, changed. I, uh, I realized this the other day. So I've been watching Lex Friedman's podcast and he always drinks energy drinks. Uh, and I never drink energy drinks. I, I'm a coffee person, but for whatever reason, and I, this is usually what I do is I bash something, immediately judge something and then bash it. And, uh, and so I did the same thing with, uh, with like monster energy and Red Bull and that kind of stuff. I was like, ah, oh, that's fucking stupid. And then the other day I was at Seven Eleven, and I'm like, you know what? Let me try one of these. And I got the orange monster. It's fucking good. And it gives you a lot of energy, maybe almost too, too much energy. I, I definitely had a moment where I had to like examine my life. I was like, wait a second, I'm, I'm vaping a jewel and pounding a monster energy drink. <laughs> what, what have I become? Um, but I don't know. I feel fine except for the neck thing. And you're going to feel fine, too, because today's guest is in the business of making things feel fine. I don't know if that's what he's in the business of, but that's what the feeling that I get when I listen to Noah. Noah Lampert returns, the host of the Synchronicity podcast. Noah was on the show last year around the same time. And he, uh, he, just, he just always brings this amazing, positive energy. He lives in this fun imagination space, and, uh, and we, we get into a good conversation. I'm not going to do the thing where I talk about all the things, and you'll just hear. So it's Noah Lampert, Synchronicity, host of Synchronicity Podcast, MindPod Network, and just all-around amazing human uh, funny, cool dude, and uh, congrats, Noah! Shout out to uh, to you. I, th- I know he just uh, tied the knot, as they say, in uh, uh, the, you know that's that old uh, ancient nautical Celtic expression. Like, uh, yeah. Um, so, congrats, Noah! Um, and uh, this episode is brought to you by, as always, one of the biggest supporters of this podcast. We love them. You love them. Sheath underwear, baby. That's right. Get yourself a pair of sheath underwear. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout, and you get twenty percent off. Their underwear is amazing. I my personal favorite uh, favorite is the limited edition Flower of Life print. It's really comfortable. It's uh, made with uh, their signature Modal and El Asante fabric blend. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Really super comfortable. 
And last but certainly not least, their dual pouch technology equipped with a circular seamed urination hole that allows for gentle un and unobtrusive separation between the penis and testicles. Get some separation between your penis and your testicles, all right? They're, they're, they're too close down there. They're separate, and uh, they're better when they're separate, okay? Sheath is, uh, is equipped with quick-access fly, and uh, it's uh, free shipping for orders over $100 in the U.S., So, uh, and also other... Uh, Worldwide free shipping over $250. Really cool design, moisture wicking fabric, amazing technology. Bobby's a huge fan of podcasts. He's a huge fan of creators, funny people. He's just a great guy. And and uh, if you enter the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout, you can enter into it uh, for a chance to win the original pair of sheath underwear that Bobby wore, the prototype when he came up with it when he was in the deserts of, uh, of Iraq. So, uh, he'll, you know, if you win, we'll, we'll send you that pair. It's encased in a, a vacuum-sealed glass cube, like the Tesseract, but sheath underwear. All right, sheath underwear. Mike and I, like 20% off. I, I, I'm tired. My neck hurts. I'm about to have another Monster Energy drink and crack a jewel. So, uh, love you guys very much. Uh, thanks for all the love and support. As you know... I am sort of like beta testing this new comedy show that I'm doing, and you know, fuck you guys, I love it. So <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to tell you to go fuck yourselves, but but no, it's uh, it's it, you know, I I guess the way that I do things is I just kind of I just kind of throw it out there and see if it sticks. Uh, but we have been getting good feedback, so thank you. I love you guys. Thanks for the 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 feedback, the comments. It's a wildly different show than this kind of show. It's really just getting back to a lot of silliness, absurdity, and um, just, you know, vulgar, raunchy, uh, you know, sort of fart humor and things like that, which I, uh, you know, uh, really enjoy. So, so working title is Dosedelic. All the episodes are on Patreon. This episode with Noah Lampert was an early release, uh, just like the one before with Jessa Reed. So I, as soon as I record with these guys, I throw them up there on Patreon. So if you want to get the early access, if you want to get the raw recording, um, before it gets edited and gets introed and gets sponsored and all that stuff, uh, head on over to Patreon. For $5 a month, you get access to these early releases. You get access to the Dosedelic Comedy Podcast with my co-host, Matt, that we put out every week. You also get access to other uh, cool things like the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum Discord and a lot of other goodies. Go check out the show notes, all the links that you would want, you know, for things like if you want to go to the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Mike Brank, but the links are in there. So just check the show notes for the links and uh, feel free to email me. I'm always uh, responsive and we can, uh, you know, um, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. See, I'm tired. Now I'm just saying things. What am I even saying? I'm like, I, yeah, you want to talk to me? I'll talk, pick up the phone and talk to me. I don't know. <laughs> Call the Mikeadelic landline one eight 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 LSD. All right, let's uh, let's get in the show. I'm I'm not good. I'm I'm. This is not a good intro today. So I'm sorry. I'm tired. My neck hurts. Uh, how many times am I going to say that? Right? See, see exactly what I mean. Without further ado, I love every one of you. You know what to do if you love this show. Like, share, and subscribe. Leave a f leave us a five star. Uh, rating on Apple Podcasts that helps us boost up uh, in the rankings, gets more visibility. Go to Patreon, support Sheath, get yourself a pair of amazingly comfortable underwear, 
and uh, enter for a chance to win that uh, original prototype that Bobby actually wore and still has the uh, sweat stains and skid marks in from his time in Iraq. So you can win that special prototype pair of sheath. And uh, kidding. Um, Mike Adelic, 20% off sheath underwear. Love you guys. Without further ado, Noah Lampert. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject the authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. You know, what do you like? Do you use video with your podcast too, or no? No, I mean I record on some of the things, but then I don't use it. I don't know. People, I guess people do like it, and it's good, but I don't do it. I don't know. It's like also the idea of having to be like camera ready. Not, I like that I'm somehow like presented myself <laughs> in some like, I'm like wearing a fucking t-shirt. Or, camera but, ready. You know, like people like, all right, I'm ready to be seen. Like it's the same reason that like you don't FaceTime video with everyone. You know what I mean? There's that barrier of not seeing it. You wouldn't do that. You, you would probably pick up less phone calls if you had to literally look at every single person you spoke to, but. Definitely. Uh, yeah. It. It's a good idea though, I think. Yeah, I can go. I can go either way. I think that I think sometimes it's good. I think depending on the guest, like I am enjoying watching you smoke a blunt or a joint. Is that a blunt or joint. a joint? See, okay, joint. Jessa just said blunt, and I was like, "What? Who's?" I was like, "Who's smoking blunts these days?" Besides <laughs> some of my friends, and she was like, "Mark." I was like, "Oh, all right." Yeah. Fan up. Well, <clears throat> I'm smoking joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I love, I love joints. I just ran out, but. Uh, but yeah, there's there is something that adds to it, I think. But then there is also something that comes along with audio only, you know. I like audio only. Yeah, just it's it's also more digestible, right? Uh, if you're driving, you can't watch someone. Oh man, that you video know? really is gonna give me some diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it would. Maybe sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let you, you were on the show last year and kind of you know, blew, blew people away. I got, I remember getting like a lot of messages, comments, and then I checked the download numbers. And it was like one of the highest downloaded episodes of last year. I people always... were just fucking inspired. And I <laughs> think it was like, around february right so like you were, you were like everything's great like imagine and then like pandemic you know so whatever but you know, all things considered 2020 was probably one of the best years ever for me 
I'm just saying. <laughs> Hands down the best year for me. Like not even, and I don't mean like, oh, making the best of like lemons out of lemonade out of lemons, like objectively best year. And so, yeah, it could be, I guess though, really, if, if you look at your year two, I'm sure most people would feel like they had really great years last year, could also look at it and they could maybe change their perspective for a second and be like, well, actually, you know, a lot of fucked up shit happened to me that year too. And then they could just be like, that's a bad year. And maybe it is just a glass half full, half empty type situation. But for me, like it just felt like looking back and going through it most of the year, there are ups and downs, of course. Like it was hands down, like one of my favorite, probably my best year. And I think it's fair to say, seeing how there's 7 billion different unique beings on the planet, you know, that if we say that we had the best year, it doesn't mean, you know, we're allowed to say that, right? Like we're allowed to say that. It's like some people, some people, had the worst year of their life, right? Every year this happens. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Every fucking year this is going on. And so it's like, well, it's really what you, I think, I don't know, I want to say choose what to experience, but your awareness or perspective of what you're perceiving ultimately is your reality. That's right. what you're doing through that process. So like, I don't know. I mean, to me, I like to feel, um, you know, integrated, balanced, happy, joyful, generous, like I'm on top of my shit most of the time. Sometimes I don't. And then I have those points as references to be like, whoa, oh, I was unbalanced. Oh, that wasn't going. And then you get, I don't know, it's like a fun thing. If that's your perspective, looking back on most things, you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. You'll be all right you will start stacking better and better years. And I think it's becoming more apparent to most people that, that there's more opportunity for that than ever before. It, through any, however you want to think of that, being creatively fulfilled in a relationship. And I, I also have like a unique, you know, glance on some of this stuff, like people for readings, like I've given people relationship readings through a pandemic. How? Mm -hmm. More of my readings now at this point, since I've been doing them, have been during a pandemic. Right. And it's very interesting to see that many people are finding and starting and cultivating, well, I mean, not, they're not that long so far, but like seemingly pretty important relationships in their lives that they've set out to kind of do, which you would think right now, like that should be harder to do. There aren't mm -hmm. these social gathering spaces. There aren't these places for people to get together the way they could in person. But doesn't seem to be a barrier for at least a, a large enough number of people. Like not that many people come to me for fucking weird reading. So it's not like this is a tremendous amount of people. And even in that, like people are doing this stuff. So I get that. I'm very lucky and grateful to get that kind of like peak. I have a show called Synchronicity. So literally people hit yeah. me up about magical shit all the time. I'm constantly reminded that this is an operative principle that's like a fortunate spot to kind of be looking at things from. So maybe that's part of it. That's great, man. Like it, it's sort of, you've designed your role in this game to include this feedback loop for yourself as well. Like more people yeah. reaching out to you, more synchronicity, more opportunities for you to fulfill that role for yourself and others as well. It's crazy. That's cool. And, and shadow side, like everything, is you can become numb to that too at times. And that's something that I think a lot of people, when you, they kind of like- You become numb to it? Or like anyone, like if you lose the magic, right? If you yeah. can't, you're not in oh, touch yeah. with that other, like you're not in the flow completely, 
you can kind of become numb to like real examples of what's happening, but you don't totally get that perspective or you don't see it. Um, which is a humbling and also like important lesson for everyone to learn. Not, I've lived, and I think this is what ultimately kind of got me to where I am today. My whole life for that period of time, I, I think we spoke about it on the last podcast, I'm not sure, but it was three months of synchronicity. It didn't That's right. stop. Yeah. That's an overwhelming experience that you think that you want to be in all the time until you actually live in that world all the time. And then you're probably going to be, maybe it's changing a little bit now, um, at some point at odds with the reality that you're trying to kind of interface with. Like very few people click into that state and are just like loving it forever. You know what I mean? There's an ebb and flow with everything else. So you can go on that. Like you can spend a long time at the amusement park, right? But you're not going to be on the rides all the time. You want to like hang out, smoke a joint, eat a churro, like, you know, relax, like walk around. Let's go to an amusement park. What are we doing? I haven't been in so long. I haven't been in so long, but I used to go to uh, Six Flags Great Adventure theme park down in Jersey. Oh, amazing. Um, I used to go to King's Dominion in Virginia and uh, Bush Gardens. Right. Yeah, those guys. Bush Gardens, yeah. Wow. Wasn't there one, I think there's one, they made, they might have made a documentary about it and if they did, I really want to watch it because I always re- like get suggestions, but then forget. Like I try and write them down, but then I can't find them in my notes. Yep, but it's a right. uh, action park. Do you remember that? Yeah, place? yeah they made like, a documentary about it. everyone was dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were just straight <laughs> so up it's dying. like so if you're even if you're like too much in that synchronicity space, like I get it because I've I I go there, and what really triggered me to remember that was talking with Jessa about being in that place. Um, you know, talking with her was just so awesome because yeah, it was the, the first time that I I had a long conversation with her, and it was just like wow, so many similarities. You know, when you just like talk with someone and they're they're like telling you what you need to remember, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. like I knew that, and I'm totally. that's what I'm going through. Um, yeah, and so like so, it's probably a necessary component that we have the ebbs and flows that we have to. What do you there, think? There ha- it a has to exist to be here. And when I say here, whatever this like agreed upon physical psycho spiritual reality is that's here. You literally can't be here in this type of dualistic place that may be moving more towards a unified or more multi-perspectival view of things, but still here in duality, you can't not have that. You have to have the ebb and flow, the light and dark, the good and bad, and it doesn't mean it's like some tragic, horrible, bad thing, because bad is part of that polarity too. It's just a rule of this game. Um, that said, you can change parameters or whatever you want to call it. So maybe the waves move up in a way that feels better for you. So like, you know, there's things you can do to change it, but yeah, they have you have to have ebb and flows. Um, you wouldn't know what a flow was if you didn't have an ebb. It would just be what you are and it'd be boring uh, very, as fuck. Very Alan Watts-ish. Yeah. It's just true, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you literally have to have the counterpart, the polarity to be aware of what it is. I right. t- believe what we do is kind of like independent or individual, undivided aspects of the one or God, whatever you want to call it. Um, we choose at some point to make this plunge into a reality where we forget and remember that continuously. That seems to be something that most people I know, including myself, do. 
Every, that seems this, to be accurate for me too. Yeah, it's like every single person. It just, I think I was seeking for a long time, wanting to get to the top, some pinnacle spot where all dual. Like, and I had like I've had experiences where I've transcended duality, that I've been in the non-dual state, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and then I had this one experience one time. Where I was like, oh, this is like the game. It's like to plug into the dual duality. It's to this play it. it. It's with all the emotions and everything. I think one of the cool things about that, and it's totally my experience too, is you begin to build like a model of whatever this is in a way where you transcend what you perceive as limitations too. So I I mean, I was talking about this a little bit with Jessa in, in previous podcasts, I think with Ramin too, is that like if you're dead now, if you just think of it like that, don't freak out, it's just fine. You're dead now. What you think is being alive is actually being, is more akin to a state of death, is restrictive kind of limited embodiment, perceiving that. As you begin to realize that's not totally true, you get different perspectives on things. And then the reality here that seems so constrictive begins to be kind of a tool to help you realize things that you probably want to realize. And I think I've been thinking about kind of like the connection between like the Buddhist stuff, which I really was super into still, you know, I'm interested in it, but really to like a acute degree for most of my late twenties and thirties, um, early thirties, this idea of suffering is like, it's a tool. It's not a curse. It's not something that's like, you well, you looked up, so now you have to suffer until you realize you can transcend it. It's like this is a tool that teaches us to be in resonance in order to A, be here and perceive this place, which is amazing, which is what I try to, you know, remember and communicate as much as possible. But also just like when you're not here and you're not bound and tethered to a physical form, it probably behooves you to have some understanding of like how to create resonance with certain states of consciousness. Just the hunch, just what it feels like to me. So um, that's what I try to remember most of the time. And then, you know, the rest of it is a chaotic mess that, you know, I usually appreciate at some point and I just kind of remember that. So <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what, what, what do you get? What is like uh, in your uh, worldview right now that you're appreciating that you're really in getting uh, into or just uh, top of mind talking about on the podcast? I, I don't think I've listened to recent episodes. Uh, I, I tuned in the one with Jessa, but I, I didn't listen to the solo ones, recent ones, but I, I just, every now and then we'll pop into us and I just love your solo podcast, man. Like, yeah. it's like you're like in the impression, I don't know how you do it, but it seems like you're kind of just like channeling or something like you're in a flow state. So yeah, for the yeah, most part, like it seems like you're just kind of doing, I mean, I, I do a little bit of a similar thing. It's just, it's just more, I like the kind of like directness of you're just like, look, this is the way it is. This is what I'm saying, but I don't know. Maybe it's like, <laughs> it's literally how I think and it's how I talk. And I, I, I don't, it's definitely like a flow state thing. I thanks by the way, for saying those nice things. Um, yeah. but you know, I don't, uh, I've, I've been finding lately if I feel like I'm not in that state, trying to force it just doesn't work. So I don't do it. Um, but, normally if I really kind of get in like a just like state where everything is feeling good, I'm trying to remember things myself personally. Um, I'll just kind of speak on what's on my mind. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is literally what we're doing. This is how it works. I forget this too. This is it's, it's fun. If you remember it is, um, 
I look at my life and I can objectively see that it's fucking awesome. I'm saying outside of my subjectivity, I think it's possible to step out of your life and be like, holy shit, there's a lot of good things going on. I see that. I want to look at the ways and kind of reasons that that existed um, and why it's kind of manifested. And if I can find a pattern there, I want to, I feel like that's the most important thing. Like I I talk about, you know, whatever's on the top of my mind, like crypto and all of that stuff, because to me, there's a direct connection between like abundance and lack mentality teaching in crypto or any other type of volatile investment strategy. That's like very, very helpful, not because you get more money or lose money, but because you teach yourself things about states of consciousness related to lack and abundance. Super useful for that if that's something you kind of want to use as a lever. Um, Those types of things are really interesting to me right now because I think we're in through, basically through a wave of people having their ideas about wealth, poverty, abundance, lack, completely transformed mm-hmm. um whatever they are and in both ways and that's what i think people forget is like if you're someone who recognizes like i do we shouldn't be homeless people probably like there's this doesn't seem like logistically that that should exist right but we're like all right we think that we should know being a homeless people there are probably people who are convinced homeless people should exist. And I think there's going to be a merging of those two streams as they kind of like pass each other. And people can't imagine that there's people out there who doesn't think there are homeless people. Like most people I talk to be like, yeah, there shouldn't be homeless people. But there are I, people. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of like conspiracy, like new conspiracy theory. You know, there's there are, uh, homeless truthers. There's no such thing as homeless people. They don't exist. <laughs> they're Those just are holograms. Actors. They're actors. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're false flags. <laughs> they're crisis actors. That's an amazing <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I went on this website and uh, it said George Soros will pay me twenty bucks a day to just tweet lay about, on my own. Yeah, yeah lay on yeah. the sidewalk. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck. I mean, but I'm I'm. See, this is the thing. I'm open to like once the game, like once you start seeing like the kind of rules or the program or the code and realizing like the absurdity of everything, I think that this is where you get to a point where you can really start to leverage and poke and have fun and take advantage of opportunities, increase synchronicity, right? Because it's just about getting to that point because it's like, well, why can't everybody do what you do or do what I do or what Jessa does or or whoever does? And it's like, you have to go through some shit, you know, and you have to like build your own strategy because that's what, when I listen to you, it's like, oh, this is Noah. Like, this isn't like, Alan Watts. This isn't fucking the Buddha. This isn't like, you know, because there's some people that just recite that stuff. There's some people that just, you know, they post quotes and they recite that stuff and that's good. That has its place, but there's a a unique quality of just like, look, I just know that this is how it is. It's like an undeniable faith, right? You'll go through something in your life. Could be neutral, could be good, could be bad. That that's all faith is. It's just like persistence plus time and awareness. Like you will just be like, oh, this is the way things are. That also is malleable too. Like that's not necessarily anything that's like written in stone. People can have their faith completely shattered. Dark nights of the soul. You can question. Yeah. Totally, all that stuff exists. However, everything that you truly believe is being outpictured in your reality. That's your faith. You don't. You can be like, I have no faith. Out, I don't believe outpictured? that. Yeah, outpictured? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, like anything. oh, okay. Like a projection. Yeah. So basically, let's say you believe 
something about yourself and the way life is. You're seeing exactly that most mm-hmm. of the time because that's something you inherently believe about this place. This also accounts for why people can have radically different fucking takes on reality and right. be theoretically in the same place. And it can be inconceivable to someone to be like, how could they think like that? But it's just because that's what everyone's kind of doing. You don't have to be necessarily on the same kind of wavelength to play this game. And that's not a judgment on what anyone's reality is. I think I was watching like uh, this, we were talking about earlier, the this Bill Burr Grammys thing, right? Like, he Oh yeah, I for, talked about this last night, yeah. I didn't even <laughs> see what happened, but I saw the Twitter backlash and I'm like, he's not going to get in trouble because I think ultimately what gets people in trouble with this type of stuff is if they believe that they've crossed the line, if they believe maybe they are a racist, they believe they will then succumb to that. People will be like, no, that's not how it works. They can get, it's like, you know what? I've never some, seen someone who like truly is like an honest, believing in themselves type of person get knocked down and stay down. That does, wow, doesn't happen. Yeah. So like, I think that's kind of a function and that's just like playing it on a bigger level when we can see it on a stage and it's someone like Bill Burr and it's at the Grammys, we can see kind of like how someone would not succumb to that. I mean, we were right. joking that, you know, someone was calling Bill Burr a racist because he has a black wife and like, you know, they're in all seriousness is like, this is like, you know, like someone holding like a slave. It's like, Holy Jesus Christ. Like who's racist here? Like who is making this stuff up? Jesus. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Who's racist here? Yeah. But even yeah. so, like, I I do feel like that everything in front of us right now is a pretty good example to choose, like, what do we want to be in resonance with? What interests us? It could be the complete opposite of everything I talk about or you talk about or anyone talks about. Doesn't matter. But, like, try to focus and be clear about what you, like, want to see here. Chances are you will get that. I mean, there's obviously a relationship between, like, wanting too much and like creating things and having things happen. But like for the most part, people, if they just take, I don't know, five minutes a day when they, before they're going to sleep or whenever it is something that fits in with their, whatever their schedule is, um, and focus on like what they really want in life harder yeah. than it seems sometimes too. Like it can be, like, it can be like way more challenging than people would think. But right. once you do it, you got a pretty good like starting place to like, see some cool shit totally i think you just you brought up a really good point there too it seems like you know yes like some people might not know exactly what they want right because there's they're confused or there's so much information the information overload right or whatever it is but uh that like that state of confusion and that state of like gaslighting or feeling bad right like that internal once you've once they or whoever, you know, the programmers are, uh, have inf- infected you with their belief system, right? Like you're taking that on and you're like, oh my God, like I'm being shamed. People are, but Bill Burr's just like, fuck you, you know, yeah, of course. <laughs> like he doesn't give a shit and he, cause he knows that he didn't do anything wrong. So as soon as, but as soon as you can get that hook into someone and they start doubting themselves, that's where it's then it's this confusion. There's no clarity. Then you can't manifest like you can't, you know, create things that you want because you're not sure and you find yourself, you know, and like that's, a little bit of a hole. People and that's again, that's like the ebb thing. Like you, you yeah. want those tests and like pushbacks on these things because that's how you can grow to appreciate kind of when things are pretty good and, and pretty great and which they are most of the time 
like I'm not saying for everyone, but for a lot of the people um, out there who who listen to this at the very least, like this type of shit, your life is probably pretty good. Just relatively speaking, it may not feel pretty good all the time. You may think relative to other people, you're doing terribly. You may think external circumstances are grinding you to a pulp, which they may be. But if you're listening to this or anything like this, you have the ability to change your consciousness. You have the ability to kind of experiment first by focusing on something you really would want. And then you'll begin to, this crazy fucking thing happens. And this is probably what I've been thinking about more of than for the past year than anything else is like, Bad shit is actually good. It legitimately mm. is a good thing that teaches you a lot. It doesn't mean you have to have it in spades, like have so much of this stuff, like have pour on the bad things to me. Some people take that approach, but it means that like you will really learn a lot, appreciate a lot of different things in life when you have those experiences. And when you start to look at shit like that, it's weird because even in the middle of something, you can be like, this is kind of like, I know this is kind of good for me in some way and it's doing mm-hmm. something and that to me just feels like a big hack because like it it deals with bad situations like it deals with things that are uncomfortable and and i don't know to some people i think it may sound like escapism like bypassing it's totally not you have to go through all of the same shit it's like yeah you, you have to go through it yeah you're paying the price you're paying the piper to get the thing you want and like that's fine you know, you determine like what that price is going to be. You always determine it too. Um, even if it's delivered by someone else or some other thing, like, yeah, you'll pay the price and and not doesn't sound like a bad thing. It's not. Well, yeah, but we pay the, but we always pay the price. We always determine the price. Like, right. Like I'm in, I'm in crypto too. And like, you know, kind of fairly new, but not really. Like I was, I was in, then I was out, then I was back in yeah. now I'm back in. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting it. I've, I've been on clubhouse a lot lately and there's just, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's definitely a time suck, but it's really cool and interesting. And I've met a lot of interesting people on there, but I've also been able to, um, just like sit in some rooms about shit that I probably wouldn't have like searched on my own, but I just found it cause I was scrolling. Yeah. So I was like, you know, like NFTs or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. crypto stuff. And I'm just like, Oh, let me like learn more about this and stuff. But like, I, I get it. It's like, it's all, we determine the price. We determine the energy and what we want to put onto it. I, I mean, it is ultimately what's going on all the time. And that's why I, I didn't ever got into the club. I was thinking about the clubhouse stuff you're talking about. Cause I got on there one day. It was pretty fun. Someone showed me how to use it. I was looking for NFT rooms, but most of the ones I found were just kind of like general conversations about them. I'm like, I'm, I don't think I'm deep in the NFT game, but like, oh, I, I get it. I understand why they exist, why big money is flowing to them, their function in a transfer of large amounts of money that people probably are missing. Um, And also just at the end of the day, why more creative people will eventually use, if not the exact thing that we're seeing right now, something like it. Um, That shit, I know it's so boring to hear two white guys talk about NFTs right now. (laughs) Don't label it like that. I know, but the truth is, is like, it's (laughs) such, it's like, Everyone has access in front of them now the same type of thing that like the internet was. And like, it sounds like a crazy thing, but like what I think a lot of people are missing about crypto or whatever you want to call it is we're literally in the middle slash beginning of the largest 
technological industrial shift we've ever seen in humanity. It's like a parabola of innovation. I know like people could be like, that's a bad thing. It's happening no matter what. Um, see what happens to the notion of wealth and money and abundance in the next year, two years, three years, four years. Like it's going to be a completely different thing. You'll know, everyone will know at least a few people who are like, yeah, I could not have to work forever and, <laughs> and have my life the way it is now. Like right, the, I, right. I know this exact, at the very least, people may have other things. They want to accumulate more to do other things, whatever it is. That's a shift in society. That's not a normal thing that anyone in our lifetimes have seen regularly throughout society. The impact of that, I mean, that's probably what, you know, I should spend more time imagining what that's actually going to look like because fuck, it's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be really different. Oh yeah. Sure. I think in, within 10 years time, we'll all be using, uh, we'll have at home 3d printing CRISPR technologies and we'll all just clone ourselves and we'll have like 10 clones. So we'll be all, we'll be able to do all the things that we want to do. One of, yeah, one of them will be an artist the other one will, you know, be a crypto and so like, we'll be able to like spread them out and just be like, all right, cool. And, and, and everyone will have it. So we'll all just have like uh, a lot of fun with that. But, but it is like time. Uh, I think McKenna used to say like, you know, time is getting strange. As, as things as things uh, in you know as time goes on it, it keeps speeding up and getting faster and weirder and stranger so we're moving into this like abstract like the people that kind of like I guess don't really get it you know they, they they're just seeing it as like another uh, another fucking scam another yeah, Ponzi scheme this is what I mean though this and I was that way I was that way I was like I was like the people that are investing in crypto are just going to be like the new Wall Street people they're just going to be like the fucking you know the central bankers you know and then they and then I'm like oh well maybe not because I learned well, a little bit more about it but yeah you maybe were, I don't know no it could be either way and that's yeah. that's the truth like you don't know how you're gonna react to any relationship with abundance money whatever it is until you actually encounter it that's the truth i remember thinking and knowing back in the day that like if i ever had a lot of money and lost a lot of money i probably wouldn't handle it that well it's totally not true i i actually handle losing money more than i like I handle that really well. I think that's one of my strengths when it comes to like crypto and investing. What I don't handle well is when I feel like I should be making more. If I'm like at a point and I'm like, I'm going to make more, like I make bad decisions and poor decisions. Then typically the more I can kind of trust and understand that like, oh, I'm probably compounding the shit. Evidence sure seems to be that way. And when things go down, like, you know, decide you want to buy or move or whatever it is, you learn things about yourself that like really begin to teach you like, all right, this is probably what money is. It's probably not a dollar amount that I make from this doing that. It's probably what I feel like I'm entitled to. I feel like I should have right now. I feel like I would put to a worthy cause if I were to have it. Those things seem to be bigger levers than like anything else. And maybe before that wasn't as true, like there was only like a certain subset of people who did a certain subset of things who could like bring that about. Now it's not like that. Now it's mm. literally like if you get this shit, you have the same opportunity as anyone else, literally. They're in Wall Street people. I was talking about this today. Wall Street people are in disbelief because they don't understand that on like crypto Twitter and other discords and telegrams that people are actually trying to help each other. Like it's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a scam. It's not a Ponzi. They don't, right. they're like, when's the rug, bro? They're like, when do we... <laughs> 
when do we pull? Like, when do we take their money? And they're like, that's not how this works. Like, we figured out how to redistribute what you, like, it's, and they, they don't understand it yet. So you probably, if you're listening to this, have more of a chance than like a traditional Wall Street, because they're going to have an ego invested in a traditional, like you're probably ahead of them, which is a rare opportunity when power has been consolidated primarily through money, you know, for yeah. most of everyone's life. I, I love it. They're like, they're sitting there like, oh, great, great. Everybody is uh, getting in their own private discords and private telegrams and WhatsApps and Slack channels. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. plan. Separate them and and confuse them. Yeah. And, then we t- and then we take all their money, right? That's what we do. And it's like, no, no, that's the no, that's the old way. We're just helping each other. We're leveraging the system and creating new energy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we take all their money, right? It's <laughs> like, no, no. It's like Adam, but it's so yeah. yeah, it's so awesome because I get that sense too, like in all the communities that I'm a part of as well. And it's like, um, yeah, it's like reshaping, recreating a new paradigm with new new energy, right? You know? I think I think from what I understand. You could you could make the the look at the relationship between something like Facebook um, or crypto, right, or like Bitcoin. If you want to take it at like a not a great comparison, but let's say one company was founded by someone who essentially I'm not judging for this. I'm just saying like I was in Boston at the same time. Probably wasn't that popular of a dude. Was kind of a computer nerd. Kind of stole someone else's code. Built a social app to basically help people like throw parties and like connect. And like he knew what he was doing, right? That company's ethos, Marky Zucks. Marky Zucks sucks. He's yeah. fine. He looks like a little bit like an android. No problem. It's cool. Probably is. Maybe yeah, maybe a little bit. But he <laughs> he built that company, and we've seen primarily how that company operates. It's a centralized entity that takes people's data and farms it off. Basically. Again, no judgment. That's what people were willing to do. Somewhat coercive, whatever. Bitcoin anonymous, who knows? Could be evil, could be good, could be... A, seems like an accurate reflection of reality to me. Wasn't started to make one person win or a few people win. That's obvious because I was laughing. Someone posted, and I remember these things, you could like fill out a CAPTCHA and get 100 Bitcoin. Like you could literally back in the day in 2011, that's how they were giving it. I was a faucet. It was Bitcoin faucet. I remember this shit. And, you know, no one knew it was going to be worth what it is today. No one would have sold it. It would have instantly been worth a lot. But it is a reflection of how reality kind of works. And once it hit a certain point, Bitcoin and the crypto market, like it, you're you're not manipulating it. You've lo- you've let the outsider in for long enough. You've Mister Roboted like this system in built into your system. So now you have to come play, and it's kind of like this rebalancing act. And if you can just get on the side of the scale that's going up before shit loads of money that you can't even imagine are going to pour into this, you'll be okay. And that sounds like fanciful thinking to most people until they meet or experience people who have gone through something like that. And you're like, oh shit, wait, I don't, this shouldn't be happening. Who's, what's wrong here? This is not what I was told is possible. Um, But when you really understand like this, this is going on, you accept Mm -hmm. it. It's definitely going to be a big part of, uh, of stuff, you know, getting, people are going to have to start asking themselves like more pressing internal questions. Money is going to be less of a, crushing force driving people to that um yeah it's cha- it's definitely changing right because yeah. i i think so many people have these 
And I, I definitely did like a, a negative association around money or a, a, a money story that was, you know, oh, these, you know, hyper individualistic super capitalist crony capitalists they all just scratch each other's back and you know they never let any of the little guys in they shut down all these mom and pop stores and this whole thing you know and then i had this uh 11 gram mushroom trip and I, I i realized that like i was like okay everything is just fucking transforming like we are just transforming everything is transforming everything is mutating augmenting you know like just Always. That whole thing, always. And it's like, this is the process that we need to be in right now. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. go with it or fight against it. And you'll probably suffer more if you fight against it. Yeah. You you will definitely like anything else. You Everyone knows the ex experience of fighting against something. If the wind's blowing really hard in your face, like super hard hurricane force winds, it's going to be harder to stand still. That's all. doesn't mean you're going to get blown away. Just means it's going to be way harder to stand still than it was before. At a certain point, right. you probably get blown away. But you know, it's not. It's not like a bad thing. It's just the truth of like not letting something into your awareness. And we're a hundred percent in a major transformation state. I, I don't even think that we've never like we always have been like this. There's just more awareness of that now. So it's something that people can't push away. It's like that's when things like populate to our consciousness, like when we can't anymore not deal with something that's like come supposed to come into our reality. And that's either really uncomfortable if you're used to that or maybe kind of fun. Wait, what do you mean that we, when what happens when we can't deal with more? If we can't deal with like something happening, eventually it will become so uncomfortable that we have to deal with it. It's like when you suppress something or push something under the rug, like, it will become a point where you're like, no, I got to deal with this now. Like, this is so fucking uncomfortable. I now have to deal with whatever is creating this. Mm. If you're good, not even good. If you just like are willing to go there more like quickly than maybe before for a lot of yeah. things, um, things get more fun. It's like, you can even make that, the, that transformation process that truthfully is like a death process, a death and rebirth process. Enjoyable. Um, you probably enjoyed this reality a little bit more. It, that has been my experience. And I haven't always enjoyed reality to the maximum. Like I always feel most days I'm like, this is good, good reality. Good, <laughs> yeah. Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, I always, uh, I appreciate you always putting out those consist that consistent energy on your show. Cause it's like, even though I know you as a person, what you're doing in your life, you're multidimensional, multi, you know, so many different emotions, this and that. Every time I tune in to what you're doing, it's like, Oh, okay. I know that I can tune into a particular frequency here and I can sort of like plug into Noah and get charged up a little bit with some, some of that good energy, you know? And it's like, awesome. Like I, that, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I think it's, um, Shit, there was something else at the tip of my tongue, but maybe it looks well, like you had something to I say. I can tell you that like being able to tune in to a frequency is whether it's someone else or internally, most importantly internally, that's the whole fucking game here. That's literally so the reason I try more often than not um, like my worst shows are going to be when I'm super serious and I'm like I got something to teach you today. I've, ne I've never heard you be like because that. Because you though. won't I can, I know what it feels like when I start <laughs> doing I that. Yeah. I you know, and it's that like, one. Yeah, yeah, it's like those, 
you don't want to put that out from my perspective. I have no, from what I understand about how this game works, what you put out, you're probably going to get back. So don't put out shit that makes people feel not great. Just seems to work better for me. Maybe it doesn't work as so maybe someone's out there put treating people like shit and they believe that's truly what makes them happy and they're probably loving life if that's what they're doing. But for me, that's- I want to I want to see an uh like your um alter ego uh who's like uh puts out like the the anti synchronicity like what would be like the anti synchronicity podcast. That's just reserved. That's just called He's like he's just personally. like look <laughs> look you're not going to manifest anything. Everything sucks. You're you're going to hell. and people are like yeah, this guy talking my language. <laughs> I probably live in that state bizarro world for yeah. like one I don't know what percentage, but like that shit does happen. And that's what everyone goes through too. But like, those are like micro. And usually I get like that about like ridiculous. They just such stupid. Like there's no reason to get like so angry and be like, everything is useless and bad. And it happens for such flashes that like, it's hard for me to be like, well, that's, that's definitely ridiculous. Like I, I obviously, but still that's the point. You have to have some aspect of that or you wouldn't know. Also, functionally here no one would want to hang out with you if you didn't have like a react like it would be a lame incarnation like no everything is good for me all the time literally nothing bad has ever happened to me um it's always great and i do believe internally that is true on a fundamental core level but my experience of that i mean i can get annoyed thousands of times a day thousands of times it doesn't mean at the end of the day i can't be like that was a pretty good day that was a good day but like you have to acknowledge that no no one I've met <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anyone I've met who actually is positive all the time and they're that's too that's weird you know it is I mean? weird it's not normal yeah I remember I worked at this pizza place uh, in New York when I was in high school and there was a lady that picked up the same order every Friday night at the same time and she would come in and she was always like beyond happy like no, eerily scared like eerie happy yeah, like you shouldn't like, I'm gonna be kill this happy you. yeah like yeah that was the joke like one day we were like she's gonna be like every day she comes in she's like ah large cheese for Anne. great thanks have a great weekend and like it's the same thing like over and over again and like one day she's gonna be like open it up and be like oh you there's pepperoni on this site didn't order that hi 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 and like her brain just melts and she fucking kills us all you know but it's yeah. like that is what I remember what I was going to say before, because you said when it gets to a point where it's uncomfortable, you need to like pay attention or realize what it is. And that happens on such a deep level within ourselves. And I really learned so much about this going to somatic psychotherapy with mm. ketamine. Mm. Um, and it, it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about my body. Like, I forgot that there's like oh, yeah. things happening in here. So when you have a nagging pain in your neck or your shoulders or something like that, you're like, oh, okay, like there's something that needs to communicate with me here. That's the coolest you know? thing about the body. I, I was say, I think I, I think I spoke about this with Jess on hers. I was like, the body is, I've really come to appreciate it. It's not like we have shoulders because that's just what humans come with. It's because it represents some place of tension. Are you carrying a lot on your shoulders? Is there a lot of weight emotionally or psychologically? Like it's a tool to figure out what's going on. I personally believe it's the last line of defense. Like if you have like a serious physical thing, 
that is probably it's gone through a series of like channels, spiritual, mental, psychological, emotional, and then it gets to the body and it's like, yo, here you go. <laughs> yeah. This is what's Hello. going on here. Yeah. That's a tool. That's that's really become um that was like a big realization for me. It was like a big change. And it's like not all mental, it's not all emotional, it's not all psychological. Um, there really is like a beautiful function of like the physical for this stuff. Um, and your body will definitely tell you what the fuck is going on. Right. Before that though, there's usually things where you, there's little like alarm bells. Like this is something you're going to deal with. If you recognize that's going on, usually, um, you can deal with it before it has to actually, something has to happen. You can deal with that. But those fears are there for various reasons, um, with people or like anxieties, like the, they're functional again. Like right. They're functional. Yeah. This is such a key point. I want to go into this more because it's like, I think oftentimes people hear you or what we're talking about. It's like, oh, okay. Like the imaginal techniques, like all this stuff, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is all good. But like, then there's some other force. Or there's some other resistance on them that they can't get over. And it's like, well, yeah, there's all kinds of messages being sent. So it's like the way the game functions, isn't that you transcend and you avoid and you hop, skip and jump over no, these things. Yeah, you wouldn't be here. They're they're not annoyances. They're f- features, right? Like it's feature. It's like a feature in the game, in the system. Yeah, it's like a video. I mean, video games are a really good analogy for a lot of reasons because people had to program them out of nothing, seemingly like electricity and like weird things. They had to make up rules for how things work. That's very much like what this place appears to be like. There are rules. There are laws. Is from what I can see. Very few, if any of them, are like unbreakable. So that's important. But the one that I know to be the most true so far, totally open to being other things happening here, is that your consciousness, your awareness, your imagination, your feelings literally precede what we perceive externally. It doesn't mean they're not happening at the exact same time and we just have this warped kind of like dissociative perspective of it. Um, Ketamine will teach you that, like you said. Um, (laughs) But it's just that's the one that you should probably try to remember more than anything and it doesn't like immunize you or protect you from any other aspect if you want to get to a certain timeline whatever you want to call it you got to again like recognize that you're going to go there when you feel like you're there does not mean that all the things in the way are going to be exactly like you fucking manicured them i don't right. really know anyone well that wouldn't be fun right it would be horrible yeah, you, when you know it's like you know you don't want the spoilers like you want to kind of be surprised and enjoy it a little bit right cuz that's what makes it fun that's what i think that's what i think a, myself and a lot of other people miss at various times is that like that's the point of this if you can just remember that a, you're probably going to find this place a little more entertaining and funny than it, you know, you might normally. Uh, and B, it's just like, it is. It truly becomes a fun process. Again, this doesn't mean there aren't days where I'm like, Meh. like that definitely happens. But you recognize yeah. like without those 100%, you wouldn't be able to appreciate the other ones because it would right. be just the other stuff. And you'd be like, there's, there's, this is what it is. That's it. Yeah. That, that's the place we go. You can live there in your mind for a minute, but like, I don't know. Can we, can we hop into timelines? Cause I want to get like your take on, cause I think I have a take on, but I want to understand a little bit more about, about timelines. So I don't know, maybe I should set it up a little bit better. Like, 
So when, again, I, this is like, I maybe I'll title this podcast talking about Jessa. <laughs> no, and <laughs> so Mike talks, like- talk about Jessa because she said something to me on my show that was just so accurate for my experience as well. She was like, I feel like we're repeating a timeline right now. Yeah. And like, we have a chance to do it over. And I was like, yeah, it's so weird. Cause, okay. So last year, uh, my girlfriend and I went to this restaurant and we didn't have such a good time there. I think like we got in a fight, whatever, and we left. And then this year I was like, I'm going to take you out. We're going to go out to dinner. It's been a while, right? Pandemic, things are closed. We're going to go out to a nice restaurant. And and my friend had recommended this sushi place. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to book a reservation there. We're going to go to this sushi place. It's supposed to be like the best. It's going to be cool. It's going to yeah, be like yeah. sexy, romantic date night. And literally when I was on the way, like we're pulling up, I'm parking the car. I'm like, wait a second. I realized I had no idea this was the same restaurant that we went to last year and it didn't go well. And then we went back and it was amazing and we had like the best time. So it just like, you know, and there's been so many other things like that as well. And I think also like in the crypto space, like the last time that I was really the 2017 was when I was in crypto and I was getting uh, Ethereum and Litecoin and like um, there was another one I forget. And, and I was just like, XRP or something. Ripple. Yeah, yeah. And I was just and and now I'm feeling the same sort of energy coming back again. So it's what, let, yeah, I, like may, that's a, that's my setup for the the timeline discussion because I want to hear more about what you have to say about these timelines. We'll go in reverse order because I've been saying for the longest time that crypto specific, specific specifically specifically is specifically. That's a better that's the, way of the Yiddish it. way of saying it. <laughs> it is specifically speaking. <laughs> Basically, (laughs) 2021 is literally 2017. Like, it's almost to the T. If you're able to recognize patterns and trends, like, it's playing out almost the exact same way, like, even percentage-wise. It's insane. Um, More broadly speaking, yeah, I think it's all fucking spiral, and we loop up and around, and yeah, maybe some conditions change, and maybe some parameters, maybe different people in different spots, uh, or different same people in different spots. Little things change. I think it's a measure of like how much you kind of recognize where you want to be. If you feel like wherever you are, that's the right place. Everything is going the way it's supposed to be going. It doesn't mean it has to be your experience again all the time. Just like most of the time, you'll probably find conditions and circumstance tend to validate that. That's all that it takes. Like and or sometimes that works just from seeing other people do that. And they're like, well, how'd you do that? And then they're like, oh, this is how I did it. Like that also is becoming more common too. The same thing we're talking about how like, you know, Wall traditional finance people, I don't want to say Wall Street, but like traditional yeah. finance people can't understand why where's the scam, bro? Like when do we scam them? Like that, right. Yeah. Fiat fiat money people. Yeah. yeah. The same, yeah. The same kind of like not understanding when you pull the rug and that like people can actually like have shit be better by kind of focusing on those things and accepting them into the reality, the more we'll begin to see evidence of that pretty much all over the place. The only effective strategy I've ever seen is like focusing on yourself, starting with yourself, literally like allowing you to change your own internal kind of conception of who you are, what's possible, and then see if you can start modulating things like I don't know, locally, in your environment, in relationships, whatever it is, to see if you can affect some type of change, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised. Um, it, it's really like, 
I don't know. Like I'm not like a, I want to say I'm lazy when it comes to this stuff, but I definitely need to see something pretty quickly um, before I'm going to be like, all right, that's something that's worth my time and attention. That might be a fault, but like at least with this type of stuff, just like feeling yourself, living from the end, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know, it just fucking works. Try it or don't. Living from the end as if it's already happened. Yeah. And you're writing this, you're, yeah, you've already written the story and now you're just playing it out. Yeah. And then like be pretty persistent. That builds the muscle of faith. Like persistence really is a critical component. I think a lot of podcasters learn that because a lot of people who have kind of done well consistently put out stuff. It's really yeah. the only thing that matters. Like people are like, what do I, what do I do? It's like, yeah, you know, if you don't <laughs> launch on a major, you know, platform with someone, like just keep doing it and you'll figure out if you want to keep doing it because of the results or not. I said this many times. I'm shameless about this. If when I started my podcast, only five people were listening, I would have stopped that shit. I would have, I would have been like, you know what? I I I don't love it that much. <laughs> I, right. I don't, but there are other people who are just like, fuck that. I'm really interested in what I'm talking about. They started from really nothing and built up shit. And it's not that hard to do. Just talk about shit you're genuinely interested in. Talk to other people. I think that's becoming more commonplace just in reality. So then the grander question becomes like, what are we going to do? What are we like? What do we like doing? What's fun? Right. Some yeah. of us, it's talking about this shit. A lot of us, it's building things. It's creating things. Sharing seems to be a big theme that's coming up. But yeah, I mean, like the timeline stuff, all you do to move there is A, become aware of another timeline. First rule, number one, become aware of another timeline. Have to be aware of its possibility. Doesn't mean you have to be there now. Just be aware that it exists. Literally can't go there if you don't do that. You can get moved to timelines, you know, but you're aware of them or you're not there. That's most important. You're doing that no matter what. Two, accept through whatever means, there's plenty of techniques, ideas, we spoke about them last time, to recognize you are there when you accept it's already happened. It is this spiral. You've been here before. You remembered this before. You figured it out. What does it feel like from that vantage point, looking back, what is happening, knowing that it's happened? How do you feel? From your own perspective, how do you feel? That's it. That's the only rule I know for legitimately moving timelines, hopping timelines. I think it's just like all we're doing, like you were talking about that 11 gram transformative kind of like mushroom, uh, you know, it's always moving, creating. Yes. It's like, how do you shape that kind of like potter's thing into the shape that you want it to be? That's the process. That mold is always there. You can get lost in that mold. If you take 11 grams of mushrooms and a lot of like, you know what I mean? Like you get fucked. DMT sure as fuck did it to me, but you can also shape it. And what really is most important, like you're doing it now, what you call reality in your life, you, this is the vessel you've created. This is the shape you've created for everything else. That's all just like, you know, become a better potter, become a better person who knows how to work with that kind of like dough. If it's food, you know, you're making a shape of something, become an artisanal mm-hmm. baker, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Food. I mean, I would love, I, that's one of my dreams one day is to just move to the woods of like Vermont and just open my own like honey shop. Really? You want honey? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like one of these, like, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm just like, man, I just want to like make something. Like I want to make something with my hands. Dude. Like I want to make, I want to like make uh you know, I see, I want to be like an old man that just lives in like a cabin in like the woods and I, or something. Yeah. Like I make, I make something really like rare and special, but That's maybe cool. it's honey. Maybe it's jam. 
Maybe it's like syrup or something. This all <laughs> yeah. sounds great. Maybe it's NFTs. I don't know. <laughs> I personally, I, I my hunch is NFTs will be a bridge to a lot. This is what's so funny to me about like people. Like I know there's like people are like NFTs are bad. They're bad for the environment. So many people are what, gonna, like they're causing oil spills. I mean, it's, like, it's like a whole thing I don't <laughs> want to get into. But like basically, people who want to do stuff like that who also have other like digital art or gifts they can offer people will start making money. Not everyone's going to make people money, but people will make enough to be like, yo, I think I got enough now to go fucking give this whole fucking maple making jam thing a reality. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That to me is like a very special and unique place to be in reality or in timelines or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know. It's fun. I've seen it be fun now for, Two, 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 I don't know, cumulatively probably like five, I've caught five fun years of cycles since Bitcoin started being like, whoa, it's worth nothing to like, holy shit, it's worth something to be like, oh, nothing. I've seen enough of those, not in a row where I'm like, oh, this is that thing that happens now. Ah, yeah, I see. So I see the correlation. It's like it really teaches you a lot about patterns and timelines. It's really funny because because so I'm I'm launching a new podcast that's going to be more of a just like it's just like an absurd comedy show. Nice man. And yeah, I I put out some of our like early test episodes on the main Mikeadelic podcast feed. The working title is Dosadelic. Nice. I don't. I'm not married to it, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but it feels really really good. It just feels really good. And and I feel like there's this weird thing. So I did stand-up comedy in New York for a couple of years. And I was like in that scene a little bit and, you know, just starting to get like some paid spots and stuff, you know, nothing. And then I kind of stopped and then I did other things. But I feel like, and, and in this 11 gram mushroom trip, it showed me like I was in this server farm of like hieroglyphic fractal colored, like computer servers in like infinite space and these like, entities or aliens or whatever like are like showing me how to program things and they're like okay go back in time and like heal this wound and then reprogram your experience so that you can pick up from that timeline and like i feel like when i since i left comedy to now i feel like i'm like entering back into that comedy timeline like what would have happened if i stayed but i didn't need to stay i just have to pick up from that timeline because i like reprogram the experience that's literally what we all have the ability to do at any point the real yeah no and the wild shit is is you don't even have to have a reference point for something that you were on the cusp of or were experiencing that's what I, i i try to talk about this as much as possible is like you can imagine something of what you think it would feel like to have something happen to you and have no reference for that. If you can legitimately feel like that is something you can feel and know that it's happened and believe that over time, you will get that experience. It doesn't mean you're going to get it like exactly how you imagined it, but it does mean you will get that experience. In fact, that's literally what we're doing all the time. That's just our sum total of beliefs and awareness is what we experience here. We, at every second on this place, have the ability to kind of do that. We have to accept some restrictions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you're like a some 90 restrictions year old, may apply. Not yeah, so in Delaware. It's basically yeah. like that. It's basically <laughs> like a product we've consumed called human experience and or drug, whatever you want to call it. And like this, this is kind of what it is. We get a little bit variation here to there, but for the most part, this is what it is. 
take for it what you will. Is it the worst, most hellish experience you've ever had? There, you got it. Is it pretty fucking cool and like weird, awesome shit happens to you? You got it. You can have both. You can have all. Like, I don't know, just you're not at the mercy of anyone but your own awareness of things being either good or bad. That's all. That's basically the whole gist of all this stuff. No one else is is forcing you to be here and do something. Right. At all. Yeah. That would suck. That would really suck. I would say that. Yeah, that would suck. I mean, it definitely can feel like that sometimes when you forget. Yeah. When you forget and you like for me, so I I go into these ebbs and flows where I totally forget and I become this kind of like just soaking in the dystopia. I'm just like, oh yeah, we're like this is just like a cyberpunk future, man. It's all fucked. Like fuck everybody and then i snap out of it like pretty quickly i'm like yeah man all right well but that was informative i was like oh i'm glad that i felt that way so i know how not to feel you know maybe that's my own psychosis i don't know but it's like i feel that i'm like i I, it's a it adds something it definitely adds value and i like to indulge and just like lay in bed and like watch movies from time to time and not really do anything that's like quote unquote productive or whatever you know just like fucking chill important and i think probably harder for most people to do i mean i'm speaking mainly of like no i think a lot of people feel the inherent kind of push of like being productive and like having to do things yeah i pressure definitely i've realized that a proper balance between that and like totally fucking off is pretty important and that fucking off and like relaxing can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people but like for the most part like if you don't have that you get it's gonna get weird. It's gonna mm-hmm. probably get it's probably gonna get away from you for a little bit just because you know, some people can take more pressure filled situations or like you know, things that maybe some people wouldn't want to do than others, but everyone has to decompress at some point or you will kind of explode. Like you'll right, you'll literally lose your shit. So, the, and think of like how destructive that could potentially be at times because when you're relaxing you can feel bad about it for some people. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you're totally not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. You're actually putting more I energy. Should, yeah, not even I in- should be doing this. I should be. You start shooting all over yourself, shaming yourself. You got to trust and, yourself. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's really the key is trusting yourself and having that clarity and not being confused with like who you are and what you want and things like that. So, uh, yeah, last time you were on the show, we talked about amazing techniques to people. I remember we talked about the mirror technique, um, living in the end. Are there other practices, techniques, routines, habits that you find that you found for yourself in this past year, um, that, that have been really working for you that you've really been enjoying? You know what I've probably found more of this past year since we last spoke than anything else. I'll, I'll, I'll remember a few techniques by the time I'm speaking, but it's really been like what to do when shit seems like it's not working. That has been the biggest kind of like lesson for me. And I was looking back, I mean, just like much, much, I'm really doing, I'm very happy with where my life is. There's a lot of stuff, but the amount of times I felt like I didn't have access ultimately to like dictating what was going on in my life, that shit taught me a lot. That's why I'm talking so glowingly about kind of the shadow aspect of what's going on because I think a lot of people are understanding they have the ability to kind of like experience what they want. You might not understand why you would want to experience shadow stuff. You might not understand why there's even shadow stuff. Why can't it just be cool and great all the time? It is cool and great all the time. Shadow stuff is cool and great too. It exists because like 
you want to know what to do. So what I've found is like when you're in a state of like panic or spiraling, I'm a king spiraler, by the way. I'm really good at it. It's how I go, you know, deep and high. It's just fucking, I'm good at spiraling. Doesn't always mean in the right direction. When I find myself in one of those things, I try as best as possible to to just remember, like, I, I got no one else to blame. If something bad is happening, if some situation that feels like this person is being so me, whatever it is, so bad, so objectively unfair, I gotta be like, nope, that's not how it works. That's not, it's, I'm fucking aware of this. That means I have to be, there's some relationship that's going to takes two to tango at the very least. If I can start to remember that, um, this is going to sound weird. Once I get to a point where I feel like calm enough where I could potentially take a nap, I'll try to take a nap. It's really effective. Like it, if you go into the nap, even like upset sometimes, you seem to have more of an ability when you wake up to kind of shape how the experience is going. You may get sucked right back into that feeling. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but like I have found like just putting your conscious mind to rest, however that needs to be. Meditation could work, whatever it is. Yeah, um, sacred napping. Yeah. It's so good. It's like really effective. It's like worked almost every time for me. Like I've literally gone to sleep. I've, I've even experienced, done it with the crypto stuff. I've been like, wow, shit's tanking. Let me go to sleep. Middle of the day, wake up. Oh, everything's up. Cool, right <laughs> time went. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a fight with your partner. You're just like, yeah, well, you know, you, you didn't put the right socks in the dryer like I asked. And you're just like... Wow. <laughs> you wake up 20 minutes later like, all right, I figured out the solution to all of our problems. <laughs> I wonder if anyone <laughs> would actually accept that. No, probably not. But fucking A. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to go to sleep on me right now. Really? I'm it, telling you, this is what has to happen. <laughs> yeah. I I do think, though, that that like is as silly as it sounds, truthfully, just remembering that like you're running the fucking ship here you can't blame anyone else there's yeah. plenty of objective and external circumstances to blame at any given time no matter who you are not denying that there are objective restrictions and depending even on the color of your skin what those might be however every single conscious being here who has can hear this and listen to this stuff definitely has the same ability to kind of shape their reality by their feelings. That may be the hardest thing in the world for someone and maybe the most natural, easiest thing in the world. But whatever it is, it's fucking oh, possible. I don't know and if you hear me, but it just, I just, uh, to remember. just lost you. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Okay. Are you there? Okay, I'm here. Yeah. All right, we just had a little glitch in the matrix. Classic. They're they're they they're hearing. They they don't want the people to get this information. That's how I feel when I talk Fuck. to cut it cut your flow off. You were in a good flow. No, right no, no. There. I ended it. You'll hear it. I ended the flow. Oh, good. Understood okay. what was happening. Waited for you to come back. We're totally good. All right, nice. Where what ha, what did you say at the end? I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. Let I me let me yet. guess. <laughs> I said everything is everything is bad. Everything is terrible. We really are in for some shitty times. It's bad. That's so funny. It's uh, you're like, yeah, I have no idea. I sometimes feel that way. Uh, Like I recorded a podcast last night and I was just got in this zone where I was just kind of like flowing with a bunch of stuff and it was just, it was working. And you know, my co-host was like nodding and laughing and stuff. And then afterwards I got to a point where I'm like, wait, what? I mean, we were high as fuck too. And I was just like, 
what, what, what was I saying there? But it was good, but I didn't know what I was saying. But it was good. <laughs> That's You just described uh, most of my existence. I literally, right. <laughs> most of the time, a lot of the time I'm on podcasts or speaking publicly. I, I try in the best, as stupid as this is going to sound, try not to think about what I'm saying. As I'm saying it, I try to just yeah. speak what I from I know is like a place that of like relaying my experience and what I've gone through. Usually that's that's that'll serve. That'll do. But can I recall it? Probably not. <laughs> have you ever thought about have you ever thought about change your name to no uh K N? Oh yeah. Yeah, because uh. I, I have, but I will say <laughs> I will say that what I think of when you say that is people don't understand what it's like having there's more Noah's now. It's a very popular name. Yeah. How many I saw times that actually, yeah. Yeah. People in a crowd, not that's not a thing anymore, but they used to be like <laughs> No, and then stop what they're saying and say, uh, that happens more than people think. It's like a very oh, common speech yeah. affect. So I constantly for the first like eight years of my life would be like turning around thinking people were calling my name I'm like, fuck, it's not it. It's just like a common fucking thing that people do. So right. Like, yeah. Cause that doesn't happen with my name so much unless there's microphones involved or something like that. Then, shit. I never right? thought about that. I yeah, guess a yeah, lot of people yeah. have those. Fuck. Yeah, but uh. it, well, it doesn't happen as much though because I think people say no, uh, like more, right? Like I, I, I definitely hear now. I'm going to be hearing it like when I go grocery shopping later. I guarantee you, I'll probably hear someone say no. Uh, it's fucking. Or I don't know if anyone's talking in the grocery stores anymore. That's I what I mean. Just it doesn't happen anymore. It's, in. I, I haven't. Yeah, had nobody to talks it. to each other no. anymore in public. You're not allowed to. It's <laughs> yeah, like, but it's I do rude. it too. I put I put my AirPods on and I go shopping and I'm listening to a podcast or something. I. Don't, but shopping experiences for me, most of the time, I I just like don't really want to talk to anyone. I'm just like, yeah, I'm totally, here to yeah. get this stuff. So are you. All right, let's get out of here. That's typically how I view the shopping experience. Some people, I don't know, they're having a good time in there. That's it cool. is a weird concept, the, the grocery store. It's like this huge the supermarket, this huge place. They're just like, come get your food, peasants. Yeah, they got <laughs> like, this over there. This is this. Got this today. There you go. It's like, all right, I'll pick up some. of. I, I enjoy it. I mean... I like food shopping is probably one of the only shopping activities I actually like look forward to because I'm getting something I actually want. I don't like going shopping for most things, but I don't like the actual process of being in the supermarket. I like the idea of getting yes. what I want, but I don't exactly want me to too. be in there. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to be in there. It's no. weird. It's weird. I, right. I, anytime you also do mushrooms or psychedelics and you go in a place like that, you're like, what is this? Like, oh, this is I, weird. yeah, I can't even, I can't handle that. I, I always control my my setting when I'm when I'm never voyaged in out in the. Uh, I mean, I have in the past, but like <sighs> definitely not recently. Like, just doesn't do the same thing. Like, I, I definitely have stories from you know back. Like, oh man, like we ate mushrooms and we're walking around Times Square and like it was crazy and went into this store and it was like so we the concept of like these products in this place and there's like glass. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And like you know, but uh, but like now I I think I would just get too like um. I don't know. I would just get uh, maybe too like angry or cynical or just like, ugh, this fucking <laughs> look it's at all just, this shit. It's consumerism. Just like, it's a cartoon, is what it is. Yeah, it's just it's like exactly that's what, what it feels is, really yeah. cartoony when you go in there and you see kind of what's being. I don't know. It's like, but then someone's having like a bad day, and then that like you can feel that energy, and you know, yeah, like, that's the world, right? Though, that's, right? 
It's the yesterday, grocery store of life. Yesterday, so we got dumped on in Denver. We got like 19 inches of snow. Holy it was crazy. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Colorado's wild. It was 75 degrees last week. Everybody's out in the park playing volleyball. It was like fucking summer of love. Like everyone was like really Holy like, yeah, shit. fuck this pandemic. We're out. And then like literally. You know, they, the, I guess they probably, the government was probably like, all right, put the harp weather technology and dump <laughs> that snow on them. We can't have them out there playing, but, uh, but no, it, so it dumped snow and it was really bad, you know? So I had to dig my car out and drive. And, and then I came back and I saw this guy and he was digging his car out and he was getting really angry, like really, really angry. Yeah. And he was like, fuck, why do I have to go to fucking work? I can't even get my fucking car out. And he was like, you know, that angry where it's like, this is real anger. Yeah. You know, this, it, I felt it. And I was like, man, I have been there before, maybe not publicly, but I've been there before. So I grabbed my shovel and I went over to help him. And I, and I think he was really shocked. Like he was in a state of disbelief. Like he, he so wanted to be in that angry yeah, state like, that shit, it was yeah. hard for him to come down and accept like the help. Yeah. But he did. He was like, thanks, man. Thank you. You know? Well, he also um, probably in that moment had to recalibrate to people realizing that to him realizing there are people around him, which is usually, <laughs> a, it usually keeps us in check. But I mean, I've definitely you know, had my share of public outbursts and be like, wow, just broke the rules of society there. But I was pretty angry. I, was, I did that shit at a bank. Oh my God. At a bank? Oh yeah. I, I lost. You freaked out at a bank? Yeah, I freaked out at a bank. I had a day where I freaked out at a bank because what happened? I was depositing a check to myself from my bank account, which I had literally done, I don't know, hundreds of times. And for, for one reason or another, this lady... She did not like some, like she just didn't. She's like, where's the proof that this is your business? I'm like, what? This is a check from a business. She's like, yeah, but you have both these accounts. I'm like, yeah, who gives a shit? Like it's my, and she just wouldn't let me cash. And I needed it for my rent. Like it was like rent money. And I was just like, I just fucking lost it. I don't even remember, but I just remember for most of the rest of the day after I stormed off, I was like, whoa. Like I, this is with me. Like I fucking lost it in public and didn't give a shit about what was going on. Like I'm probably the asshole number one. It doesn't matter at that point. I'm just some guy yelling at a bank, like a fucking asshole. And I was like, wow. Well, like what were the series of circumstances that led <laughs> to that happen? I mean, this was, this was granted, this was in the city like 10 years ago. I can't imagine doing that now, but like, yeah, man, I fucking lost it in a bank <laughs> and like, for one day, I was that person. I was that person just losing their shit. For no I think there's there's something liberating about it. I think because I think I think for normal people, for normal humans, you know, I think there's something that we can recognize. Like I recognize something in this guy. I was like, man, this guy's having like a, a breakdown. You know, yeah. fuck. Like I I get it. Like it sucks. He has to go to work. I don't right now. Like this is this is not good. I feel his pain. I feel his emotions. I feel his anger. But then there's like people that have never experienced that in their life, you know, like rich, just the wealthy, aristocratic type. Like, oh my, this person is very uncivilized. Yeah, you know? exactly. But there's something that we get about that. Like normal people get like, okay, this person is clearly under a lot of pressure here. Yeah, this is and, not good. And being able to ease that pressure is also, I think, one of the cool things we have about this place. If you're in the position where you can take a shovel over and help shovel someone out when they're having a shitty time and alter their day just a little bit, that's a powerful tool you have at your disposal. Also, you're likely to get that shovel back in some aspect of your life. It doesn't mean you do it to be self-serving. It just seems to be an energetic principle. So 
I mean, yeah, it's relatable to have a shitty day because it, again, going back to the person who's just like, is great all the time. I like to think when I talk about this shit, at least on the slow cast, you were talking about that people understand this is not a hundred percent of my existence. My shit's fucking, I, I love it. It's wonderful. I could never speak bad about my life, but like, oh my God, like do you, do you want to hear the episode? I think some people really do. They just want to hear the day where I'm just like, Fuck this shit. Yeah, like, yeah, I want, yeah. Garbage. I want you to get, like do like a video solo cast where you're smoking a cigarette and you're just like, listen, it's all over, folks. It's I don't all- know what to tell you. <laughs> We're going down. Manifest your own death. That's that's in a few years. When I sense this shtick is over, I'll just pivot hard to the fucking other way and then go back. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think again, like for me, it's somewhat important to honor and be authentic about everything that happens in my life. But for the most part, when I speak publicly, try to remind what I would want to hear myself, which is like, you're good. You got this shit. No one out there is fucking fucking your shit up. Like that's really what it is. This is what I tell myself when I'm in my worst moments. It's why I try to speak about it when I'm in my best moments because it's easy to forget when shit's going great that this is kind of how it works too. Like you can be like, this is not good. This is a bad thing. Shit is not, things are bad. So that, but you can remember it whenever you want. That's basically my message. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that like these little things that we do help, you know, these, these magical sort of acts, if you will, but they're not these grand magical. It's just as simple as like saying something nice to the woman at the coffee shop and that impacted her day. And now she has, now she thought about something that she never thought about before or an interaction came. It's like, I love to think about this, um, sort of like ripple effect or butterfly effect of people that are out there that are like, you know, I don't know, we need better words for things, right? Like manifestors or light workers or imaginal people, whatever. What's a good word to use? What's a non co-opted I mean, word? <laughs> I just try to say like cool people doing cool yeah, things. Yeah, cool people. Yeah. It's cool like, people doing cool things. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's obviously subjective, but like I, I, most of the people I know who would fall under that banner are just cool people doing cool things. Like if that's literally <laughs> what they're doing, that's the that's a cool thing to do. It's also cool to like kind of be destructive and at times be chaotic. There's nothing wrong with that type of energy. But for the most part, like, you know, as long as it's cool, that's that's a good thing to do. You know what's everyone knows what's cool too. Like there's no one who's like that's that's totally not like being a shithead isn't cool it's like not a fun interesting vibe to be around for the most part i get exactly what you're saying your definition is like if we're all at a party and everybody's having a good time and it's like hey man like oh you want to hit of this like yeah cool okay like fill up my drink great we're playing games we're playing but then there's like one person there that's just being a dick it's just like dude you're not being cool like just be cool cool. and enjoy and have fun with us and we can have a great time yeah and like you know like without like shitting on people who are at the party doing that type of thing, they're probably not being cool because they're insecure or they're anxious about something or they don't feel in place. Like that's why you would be a dick at a party. That's what you think your role needs to be to justify your identity in some way that it definitely doesn't No, First of all, I think a very important thing to remember for most people is 
for the most part, no one really gives a fuck. Even if you're right. like the most popular celebrity in the world and people are your big, they don't really like, it's not because they're bad people. It's because they got their own shit going on in their lives. You're not going to be the dominant thing they're thinking about. Their vague impression and notion of who you are may play a role in kind of how you perceive yourself ultimately, but like it, it shouldn't be a major part of what's going on. So I, I, yeah, I mean, you you have a much greater ability to to kind of shape who you are as a person than any other outside perspective of another person. But I will say a lot of times we do kind of fall into the trap of believing other people's narratives about who we are. I usually don't fall in that trap because I don't know. I don't I don't need to stay in a stable identity to feel comfortable. I default to feeling comfortable and then would choose an identity. Does that make sense? That's kind of like total. That makes a lot of sense to me. I feel the same way. It's like, I, that's why I said like, whatever we want to call it, because I feel the trappings of labels. You know, I feel the trappings of, it's like, I'm not a static, you know, but I think that that's what the most people want because like you said, it's they're reading from the same script and they're like, Oh, well, you're going off script. You're not fitting. I don't know how to like cannot compute. Like, you know, it's like we want data algorithms. Everything needs to be predictable so that we can make sense of the world. But then it's like the people that kind of float between realms. There's this like confusion of like, well, what are you? What are you? Like, are you MAGA? Are you fucking woke? Like, what the fuck are you? Are you this? Are you that? Are you crypto? Are you exactly? Are you are you Bitcoin? Or are you shit coin? Yeah, exactly, you know, like- <laughs> exactly. Which I 100 percent fell into those exact traps. Now I've realized crypto again, a great teacher for me. It doesn't. This shit is magic beans. It's fucking magic beans. If you like one magic bean more than another one, great. It definitely doesn't mean that uh, your magic bean is better and that's why it's going to be better. I've seen people make what I objectively know to be bad and stupid things, just like kind of stupid, make so much money. It's gr- And that's awesome. That's an amazing thing. It's just like you don't have to be labeling or identifying as this is the best thing. This is the, it's like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? If I told you, you could only make money from this specific thing and it was something you didn't like, but this is the only way you're going to have the exact amount to be the exact level of happy and content and do all the things you want. Do you really give a shit what the fuck that is? Whatever act, it doesn't matter. Does it mean you should do anything in your power to do that? Like ethically or morally? Probably not. But like for the most part, these aren't the decisions we're faced with when trying to like figure out. Most, from what I can tell, I mean, I haven't totally mapped it out. Maybe I should. I don't think most of us need right now with the fucking debasing of the American dollar, probably don't need more than like $10 million right now to live like really, really comfortably for the rest of our lives. Like pretty, like very, do very well with the way the systems are built right now. That may seem like a totally astronomical, unachievable, insane amount for anyone you, me to have. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. Yeah, I'll take 10. That sounds good. It just seems like, and I think, it doesn't have to be you having the 10. It could be you having the 10. It could be your buddy who's cool as fuck and has 150. He's like, yeah, five, maybe you can make it 10. Like, <laughs> this, this type of stuff like sounds like stoner shit. And granted, I smoke a lot yeah. of weed. But I've Well, seen, it's energy though. I, I understand what you're saying. It's yeah. energy. Yeah. It it's energy transfer and it's, yeah. That's all. So I think that's going to be a good one. Um, I do think people should probably 
make peace with their relationship with money and energy of that sort because it seems did you ever feel that way what did you ever not have a good relationship with money or like Uh, where you 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 saw it in a negative light dude for the first like 30 something years of my life and i always had enough like that's the crazy thing like no matter what i always had enough to kind of maintain wherever my life was at at that point i didn't like fall too far in a trap and like but um, yeah, I had a very limiting beliefs about money. I had what I think a lot of people in Western society had to deal with at, at given points is also a relationship with money and their parents because you're supported by your parents until you're 18. Most of the time, financially, you live under their house. Then all of a sudden, they're like, all right, maybe you're going to go somewhere. Maybe get a job. Maybe you do this. Maybe go to college. You now have to like figure this whole fucking thing out for yourself. That creates a weird dependence a lot of the time in Western culture. Breaking out of that was like a huge thing for me, thinking that like, wait, I don't have to be given like money at some point. Like I don't like that's and people would be like, well, I I can't even imagine life where I was given money by my parents. It's a completely different lesson. Everyone learns exactly the lesson they need to like kind of show them that like you have exactly as much money as you believe you're supposed to have. You may not feel like the amount you want at the time you have it, but like that's literally what you believe right now you can have. You may think that's because of where you grew up, who your parents were, whatever it is really doesn't have as much to do with that as people would like to think. It does have to do with like, all right, if this is an energy that works the same way as any other energy out there, how do I build a relationship with it where I can have the amount that I feel like this gets me the shit that I think the experiences I want? That's it. That's literally it. And it could involve zero dollars. It doesn't have anything to do with just like money particularly. You could be like, I want this experience, that experience, this experience. You could be specific. You could just be like, generally, I want cool shit and money won't be an obstacle for me, you're probably more likely to get those experiences rather than like, you know, having to build it up consciously. Like, well, I'm going to make this much money and then I'm going to get this and then I'll do that. It's like, all right, that's one way. Or you could just like fucking imagine having it and maybe it'll just work out in the best possible way and don't get attached to an outcome and it'll come your way. That paradoxically seems, don't want to say always, seems to lead to more money in this reality. It's been Yeah, I think like being open, being open to attracting abundance, being open to uh yeah, like holding it loosely, not holding it with this like I'm going to I'm going to get that Lamborghini. I mean, that works I guess for some people those like David Goggins driven motherfuckers. They're like you got to get go outside and run 78 miles and be in pain and suffer and break your legs and keep running and it's like well you can do that or you could do it in a little bit more of an enjoyable way. Yeah, there's a there's a balance there. I I I was really working out hard a year and a half ago listening to David Goggins like hitting the fucking (laughs) weights and bike. He's inspiring. He's super inspiring. But even he admits that like this is all the physical stuff and all like even the mental endurance is really just there to get you to face kind of what your issue is like at the end of the day. And that's inescapable. Like even all the shit he did at the end of the book thing, he's saying like, you know, broke my legs, did this, all that, did this. He's fucking saying all the incredible like mind death-defying shit that he's done and he's like yeah but i still i still wasn't like at the point like i realized it didn't it didn't matter in terms of the things that i was trying to repair like the trauma i went and i was like yeah like that's the core message of what he's saying like yeah some people really like the experience of like having to like go through this shit to get what they want 
some people like that. I, I like that sometimes in certain parts of my life, clearly, because I had those things happen to me. But right. for the most yeah. part, like, I don't, that does not the only equation that works out to equal 100, like whatever it is, right. like there's lots of other ways of getting there. Um, that's a tough one, I think, for a lot of people, because a reality is not primarily reflected that back for me either. Like, it's not like just like imagined one day, like when I was like young, like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to have a million dollars and it just showed up at my door. It's not how it works. Like you, you unfold this thing as it you're ready for it, as you kind of are willing to accept it being unrolled or unfold folded. And, uh, yeah, like yeah. continuously creating the environment and creating yourself and creating the conditions with every decision, every choice, totally. every moment, everything. Yeah, it's it's a, like a massive multiplayer game experience, collaboration type thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. at the end of the day, I just think that it's, it's supposed to be fun. Doesn't mean everything I think you so see too. has, right. like, there's shit going on in the world that's not fun. It's not fun at all. We know it's out there. We can see it. It's not fun for those people. It's not fun for whatever. It just means your experience of what that is. Um, if you can kind of like remain open to what's going on outside of you, but also recognize the relationship between what's going on inside of you and outside of you, like you'll, you'll be fine. Like I hear this a lot from like very like, um, uh, what's the right word? Like people who have pretty good perspective on life. Sometimes like even with the crypto stuff or the money stuff, it'll like ping them. I, this is why I love the money money so much is it really grabs people so quickly. It's like one of the easiest things. Some people don't even like talking about it, but a lot of perspectives I've seen is like, well, why is this a good thing though? Isn't this just kind of reinforcing like a system of like oppression and power? And it's like, yeah, I guess. Or like if I gave you the person who's worried about that $500 million right now, what would you do with it? Have you thought about those things? Because that's clearly on the palette of like possibilities. That one's not been removed. So like if you start thinking about those things, Maybe you you don't have to be the person who has that. Maybe you just have to imagine and know that there are people like that out there and those people will get that money and probably use it for a pretty good reason. Like that's probably going to happen too. And there will be people out there who fucking make a shitload of money and just use it on the most selfish and don't even get mad at those people. That's their game. Like doesn't even mean they're going to realize at the end of it. It's like, oh, it's all meaningless. They might love that till the day they fucking die. Whatever. That's not for you unless you want to give your time and attention to like that person and that specific energy. Uh, it doesn't really affect you. It really won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you know, this person has all this money. Uh, Jeff Bezos makes all this money. Why doesn't he donate some of it and give it, pay these people? It's just like, well, what would you do if you were in his position? Like, do you think you'd be able to handle that much pa- like addiction to power and <laughs> consumption and hoarding? And also on top of that, it's like, well, then also go out and do something, make money and do good things with it. Yeah. Right. Like that's, uh, that's, a tr- that's an option. That's the easiest option I've seen in like, I was really interested in, I didn't even know why, but like I get in two, 2019, I think it was, I was listening to all these really long documentary, uh, biographies rather from Ron Chernow. And he did a lot on financial giants like JP Morgan, Rockefeller, um, who else, some other, these, this banking family called the Warburgs. And yeah, it's the fascinating Warburgs, yeah. 
to even try to like comprehend that like before Rockefeller, no one had made enough consolidated wealth that philanthropy didn't even exist. It literally didn't exist. You can be like, well, surely someone was doing it. No, they weren't. Most of the time what monarchies and most places did central, they literally just took care of the aristocratic society. Yeah, they just, they just chopped off people's hands. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't even... And laughed over like a turkey leg. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even a question. <laughs> so just the idea of modern philanthropy had to be created by people and maybe it's not the most efficient thing. So like we like to think about, well, we'll just give like a shitload of money to uh, a charity or give every American like a thousand dollars. It's like that doesn't... Nothing. Literally is not going to solve anything it's not the most effective way trust that there are surely some people who have ac accumulated vast fortunes who are thinking about this maybe their way is not the best way maybe it's some weird bill gatesian fucking you know ai vaccine fucking conspiracy <laughs> hole whatever but there are people out there who gen genuinely are like you know what i i do see a way i can make this place better like here's an effective use for how to funnel this stuff but um you know, it's probably more complex than people want to think about, which is why they're not in those positions. Because at the end of the day, most people don't want to be in those positions. Who would? Right. Jeff Bezos does. Elon Musk does. That's great. Seems kind of. I wouldn't want to be in that position. No. Looks like too much. I wouldn't be, but hey, it's not me. It's also not you. It's also a representation of who you are as a being. Like those. That's what they that's want. That's who they are. That's what they, that's what they want. That's what they yeah. want for better or for worse. And like, I personally just don't have the time or energy to judge most of that that got me in trouble with trump when he was president towards the end there a lot of people thought i was a trump fan i i just was like I, i'm not gonna judge this guy anymore and he's kind of fucking funny and like at the end of the day like you being angry at him right now and being angry at me for not being angry at him definitely isn't doing anything except fucking your shit. Right, like, yeah. It's definitely, I'm fucking angry at you for not being angry at him. <sighs> be like, angry with us. Yeah, and I was like, I get it. It's cool. It's fun to be angry at someone. But at the end of the day, like, have you watched him for 10 minutes? It's objectively hilarious. Like, I'm sorry yeah. that he's our president. You feel attachment to the country. And it's like, oh, how can he do this to our country? It's like, this is insane. Like, we've so far past any level of normalcy. Like, if you can't appreciate that then i don't know what to tell you it doesn't mean i agree with hardly anything that he says it's just like we've passed you know we've jumped the shark in like a really funny way it's not like bad it's not like a shitty thing where they ruined happy days it's just like we're in another place now let's adjust to that it's fine <laughs> well, yeah it's like uh i was watching this thing about the fresh the fresh prince when they recast aunt viv yeah and it's like it's like we had like Trump was like the this good character, but like, you know, a little chaotic, a little demand, whatever it was. And then like now we have like the new Aunt Viv and it's just like, hey, it's Joe Biden. Like, I don't know. Am I alive? Am I a deep fake? Whatever. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm an android. Fake. They cloned me. I don't know. It's just so weird. It's like we have this like <laughs> senile 78 year old like white guy and we and people are like relieved of that somehow. And it's like, look, what Trump to me, I agree with you, like what Trump represented was like the collective unconscious shadow manifesting yeah. itself in this way and showing us like the kind of you know really he was a representation of everything that our society valued and believed in reality flashy things reality tv flashy th things like bragging about stuff when all that stuff and he was just hilarious because he just didn't give a shit like he's like i bet i could be president i told you and like it, that was a fun that was fun you know and he just he's an egoist you know he gets yeah, off pure, on that yeah yeah 
So it's like, and it was like, you know, it, it, he was a good disruption to the matrix. I think he like shook the rattled the cage a little bit. Maybe I thought for sure. I know that, you know, people will be like, well, he did so many horrible things. It's like, you mean like literally every president who's right, in charge right. of like a country that's maybe not the most ethical in the world? It's like, I, 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 I've just been like, all I know is he got those checks out real fast. He did a he great did. job on that motherfucker. I don't What's know. What's going do you on with the recent? No, no one asked them. <laughs> what the fuck, man? And then they went from 2000 to 1400 now. It, you know, I would love it if they would just end the fucking whole charade and just be like, look, we're just printing money. It's all fake. Everybody gets they, 100 grand. You want to know what's fucked up is the fucking head of the Fed, which is not purely a government institution, right. literally said that. And they're like, people don't care. They don't know. Like, they don't have any. They don't. They are just like, we're literally, that's what they do. They're like, here's more. Is this good enough for everyone to be good? And we're like, no. And they're like, all right, here's some more. It's like, can you people have this much money to make other people have money? And we're like, oh, we think so. Okay, yeah. That eventually, I mean, I think more people recognize that that's probably not great for maintaining value over time. I do think people will be like, is there such a thing as a better currency or energy exchange? Do I think uh, at the core we should only allow certain people with a certain amount of money to buy and own houses? No, that's kind of stupid. Do I think it should be like anyone who at any point in time decides I want to live in a house, I don't have any money, I should live there no matter what without any ramifications. That also probably sounds like probably a logistical nightmare. Do I think there's some healthy balance between those two that we're likely to see in the coming 10 years or whatever? Yeah, prob that sounds right to me. Like that, Well, yeah, I think we're seeing ways like income generating properties. So I'm learning a lot about this shit too because a lot of crypto people it's like merging into a lot of different sectors, but one of them is like homeowners, like people who own properties are really into crypto because they're recognizing the cost of maintaining and owning um, and being landlords for multiple properties, which can make you a lot of money. It's like a lot of work. It's like not right. like a fun, cool job to do. It's like there's a lot of logistical oversight. So they're like, maybe we don't have to do this. And they're looking at various like DeFi protocols and things like that to basically make the same amount of money by just leaving it somewhere and earning yield. Um that should have an impact on the cost of housing, how housing is purchased. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go to zero, but like if you could buy a cool place to live with an amount of money, I don't want to say dollar amount because who knows what that's going to be, that you realistically have, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's like a wow. positive thing. And I just think these things are literally in their infancy. Like they're, they're yeah. older than a newborn, but like this shit is just now emerging. It also tends to just make me feel pretty good to not only think this shit, but like see it actually happening. Like I, I literally watch this happen every day, whether it's myself or other people. Like it's not a fantasy. It's not just like a made up thing. It's, it's going on in front of my eyes. So um, totally. Yeah. 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 And it, cha it changes the game rules. It changes like the, the, you know, the program. And what I was just thinking was, you know, the thought that came to my mind was about the the Fed and the kind of, you know, the corporate oligarchy, the, the how they play the game. And it's like, okay, we'll borrow the money and we'll give it the money here and then they'll put it into the Wall Street and the Silicon Valley. And it's like, well, I think with crypto and blockchains and stuff that 
I guess what I've what I'm thinking is that like we're able to all do that now. So we're able to all help each other. We're able to all, it's not you scratch my exactly. back, I scratch yours exclusive club. It's exactly. like, we're all just going to collaborate. And uh, yeah, I was just talking with, uh, you know, Jen Sodini, right? Yeah, yeah of course, Jen. of course. Yeah. Yes. So I was just talking with her yesterday and um, when she was telling me about uh, her friend Sarah Zucker, who uh, sold an NFT uh, for a good amount. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, like this is like power directly and I know like Colin Frangicetto, I think, has been exploring with with that stuff too. So it's like for artists, it's this is amazing. And we're all able to now like enter that domain and like support and share. I think I shared like five people's work yesterday just because I'm like, this is cool. Like I like this. I want more of this. And more people see that, we all get involved and we all have a say in it, and we can all be a part of our own cool club it's literally i'm working that's with, not exclusive no that's the thing like i'm working with a few people on music art nfts right now and like there's no dream of like selling this for 70 million dollars like people like, we're not trying to do that but what we are recognizing is like i don't know maybe this is something it's definitely cool to us that's why we're doing it we're not doing it for the money that's for sure but it's cool to us if it maintains being something and is cool to us now, it's probably still going to be cool in the future. However, people are valuing things in the future that may be worth something at some point to somebody. That's all that it is. And like, that's a better system than like I was talking about it with Ramin because we're doing some shit and he's like, like Oh, cool. You know, like every I knew it. I knew that's yeah, what was like, happening. I was like, there's, there's, he's used to, and it's not a bad thing. It's helped him gain a following for people like the only kind of, for the most part, recognition he gets is people sharing his work. They're not paying him for it. Most people aren't going to be buying his stuff a large enough percentage is that he can continue his career. But like, this is different. This is like someone now can feel like they own a uh, Ramin piece. Like they, he, they right. own that. That's something that they want to support their favorite artists or some, one of their favorite artists by helping him, you know, not even helping him, but by purchasing what they think is a fair value. That, is a good thing for the creative community. It's also a good thing for people who want to own and distribute their own rights and like publishing and like this, this is going to have a broader impact in a better way than most people recognize. Um, which is why as always, I do think it's funny. There's like a large contingent of people are like, this is bad. This is not good for artists. This is a, a bad thing that is destructive and it doesn't mean anything and it's worthless. Why, would Why are they saying that? that? There's a whole bunch of reasons. One is that it's destructive to the environment because Ethereum, which is the dominant NFT blockchain, is proof of work. So it requires a certain amount of electricity, which is like, just Google it for like, ah. 10 minutes and you'll be like, all right, that's not true. On to the next. The other one oh, is okay. that why would someone own a digital piece of art that someone could just copy and paste and have? It's like, that's not right. The I saw, I saw, I saw her mean tweet something. Yeah. That he's like, how about I just send you a JPEG and you send me a million dollars? Exactly. <laughs> so that, and yeah. the, a really good analogy I heard, I wish I knew who to credit for it was like, the same reason that like a Rolex doesn't keep better time. It's not like you buy the Rolex because it's going to give you a more precise, accurate of what time it is. It's like, this is what I own because this is what I can afford. This is a flex as much of society 
continues to migrate, not exclusively, but more to the digital domain, being able to say, I own this by this person is a digital flex. And we can be, well, that's disgusting. That's so gross. Why would people want to do that? I don't know, because maybe it's a beautiful thing that's worth a lot of money. That's how we fucking ascribe value to some small, you know, to no small part right now. So it's like, just factor in that this is helping artists get paid like a way, in a way that they've never been paid before. It's cutting out precisely what people knew were bad parts of or not great parts of the you know music and art industry, which is middlemen. Right. Really, totally. you know, cuts, not all of them. There's still fees that need to be paid to various blockchains and providers, but like for the most part, cut out. This is not a bad thing. This isn't something like the art being against it. Like usually I feel like is going to come from the same crowd as people who are like mad at a comedian for saying something or mm-hmm, mad mm-hmm. at, you know, an artist for doing something or like making music they don't like. It's like, whatever, bro. Like this is like, this is where it's going. Like this is mm-hmm. where it's heading. If this gets artists paid, uh, it creates more avenues of abundance for people is something people continue to do. Uh, that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. It's the, this is the be cool technique. Yeah. Make shit fun technique. It's like, uh, I heard this explained by somebody, I think it was, it might've been Gary, Gary V. He was like, uh, you know, he's like, it's just like in a video game, you know, you, you upgrade, you get new costumes for your avatars. You, you purchase things in Fortnite. Yeah. I think he said, uh, the way that you purchase things in Fortnite and the way, like, that's how the world is going to be now. So it's back to this, like life is a video game thing. And it's just like, we're actually, it's like really actually happening now. I really liked video games when I was a kid. I'm sure a lot of other people did. I I just feel like it's probably not surprising that the way reality looks like now is more like a video game. There's also a lot of younger kids playing video That's games. That's right, yeah. Because like, we're so inspired by it. We yeah, grew up because with it. it's yeah. a really good metaphor and microcosm of what this is. It doesn't mean that there's someone programming a video game above us like when we're playing a game. It just means like it's a pretty good meta. Like That's how we communicate ultimately is metaphors. Like everything we're doing, even words, are essentially metaphors. They're like sounds and shapes that represent other things that we then say to each other to mean something. So it makes sense that like what we're seeing and doing with a large part of our consciousness continues to be kind of the dominant way we perceive what this is because it is. It's the same fucking thing. There's just a fractal of the same thing. It's a different level. Um, The more you can kind of understand that as a metaphor or whatever metaphor works for you, just make it practical. Like if you're good at video games, you understand how video games work. Like figure this shit out. This video game mm-hmm. you can do that. If mm-hmm. this is a movie, it's a movie. If this is a fucking, I don't know, sport, it's a sport. What they all work. It's all the same thing. That those things exist because that's what this is. They're all kind of an explainer of what we're doing here at the end of the day. They can't not. Be. Yeah, it points to the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it gives us the ro- the yeah, the roadmap or the symbol. Stuff like that. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think we solved all the the problems. (laughs) I think (laughs) we figured it all out. Everyone's good now forever. That's the goal of every podcast. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, so so, yeah, people listening, go check out Synchronicity because you do these solo shows and you also have, you know, shows with guests on and stuff, but you do these solo shows where 
how would you describe it? How would you describe your solo shows? Because the way that I feel is it's like you are communicating a message, a technique, a principle, a thought, uh, a, a way of navigating the matrix of understanding the code, the programming code of reality to, uh, you know, that that's what I get from it. It's like, look, here's what's going on. This is what's happening. And you need to pay attention to this. And it's like, I love it because I think you and Jessa do something similar, which, which I really like. I'm a huge fan of where it's like, you're saying it as if it's like, this is matter of fact, but you're also holding it loosely and being like, totally. whatever, like maybe. Yeah, totally. That's the thing. Like that level of conviction only comes from knowing that like, you can't be a hundred percent sure of everything all the time. Like you doesn't mean, I mean, I changed my mind and I'm proven wrong about as much as anyone I know. Like, that's just the fact of my reality. Doesn't mean I'm not going to speak. About, I will say that's why when I find something that continues to like work this well, that's why I talk about it when given like kind of a public platform to do it. I mean, the solo casts are basically me just like verbal diarrheaing the same principle over again, which is like you are fucking doing this. When you catch on to that principle, remember it as much as you can. If you don't, if that doesn't make sense to you, try this shit out. And then it's like usually some set of guidelines or techniques that I've used myself, continue to use and just know that it works for other people. And then more recently, and I've kind of noticed this, it's funny you're doing the comedy thing. I think I'm just at the point where I kind of stop have giving a fuck about what I say <laughs> yeah, publicly. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I totally am <laughs> just talking about kind of whatever <laughs> is going on within my field of vision. It's still going to be kind of always related to what I view as a loose grip on reality, but that's just my perspective. But like, you know, I don't, feel that I have to talk about imagination every single time. I think it's an important core kind of principle that I do live my life by, but like whatever is going through my mind or the like kind of what I see around me, I'm going to talk about it. I think that's fun to do. And if it ever becomes not fun, I'll totally stop doing it. That's kind of, yeah. I, I also am very honest about that. Um, I'm also really, I don't know if you have this problem. I, I know that Jessa is pretty good dealing with it because she just does new stuff all the time. I'm very, I don't want to say like overly concerned, but like I'm aware of like golden chains. Like I don't want to get, do something just because it's leading to like a certain definition of success or bringing me a certain amount of money or like whatever it is. Like if that's the reason I start to do something, it almost becomes unbearable for me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, as long as I can kind of just be like, feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's usually what I'll do. I like podcasting though, or like whatever we're doing. Cause it's, it's a multimedia format. You know what I mean? Like if I decide I just want to, you know, put out music every third episode, second, whatever it is, you know, the people who hang with that will fucking enjoy it. So I just like it as like a vehicle as much as anything else. But yeah, most of them are just literally me talking about. I might, I might put this whole podcast out as performance art and sell it as an <laughs> NFT. It's totally possible. Maybe we'll, you can put a music track on it and we'll split the products and our voices will be like looped in and like uh, with a lot of reverb and all the major <laughs> points will just loop over and over because it is about that repetition, right? It's like, you know, and, and that like musical frequency. One of my favorite things is Alan Watts, live life like it's music. Totally. The point of it is to dance, to exactly. move, to sing, to play, you know, and that's just like, 
that's so how I feel. And with the comedy thing, yeah, like it was like I just picked up on this timeline and I'm just like, oh yeah, that's right. I like to just say whatever the fuck I want and not be worried about it. Like, I yeah, am I like I made an announcement for my comedy show. I'm like, you might be offended. Like, you really might be offended. I say some fucked up shit in here, but guess what? I'm joking. It's fucking jokes and um. You know, that's how I felt. It's interesting because I kind of felt like this like reverse bullying effect almost when I was, when I was starting in stand up. There was like all this, like, like I couldn't say. I remember talking to uh, <laughs> to Mark Normand yeah, actually yeah. about this, and he goes to to to, to he goes um, I'm like I'm like yeah I'm in the I'm doing some like mics and I'm like trying to work some jokes out and like you know people are just looking at me and I'm and then I go to the clubs and they work and but like when you say like things that touch on certain things that they don't like they get like all they don't get quiet yeah. he's like oh, are you kidding me you should be able to say the n word in the comedy club <laughs> he's like that's where the that's where it is you got to test out you got to test your material and he was like totally right it's like you need that we need that freedom of expression we need that freedom of thought we can't have these restraints on like what's good what's bad what are people going to think because that clouds like you said like it clouds your ability to know who you are and then know how to be in the world and make things happen and be yeah. yourself and right yeah and a healthy relationship between knowing like you have ultimate freedom and then be respectful for whatever that means that doesn't mean you don't say say something wildly inappropriate because that's an inappropriate thing. I saw this the most amazing fucking shit I think I've seen on TikTok to date the other day, which was an interview with Nina Simone. And she's like, yeah, once this record label stole all my songs and I went to Switzerland and the owner of them was there and I was like, give me all my songs back. And he was like, no. So I got a gun and I tried to shoot him. And like the interviewer, interviewer is like, wait, did you shoot him? And she's like, no, I missed. And he's like, did you want to shoot him? And he, she's like, yeah, no, definitely. I wanted to hit him. And I'd do it again. Oh my God. And it's like, you're the coolest person I've ever met. <laughs> like that is Holy like, shit. and it's, the interview is like, obviously incredulous too. She's like admitting to attempting <laughs> murder, but like, right. you could just see like the way she was saying it. It was like, yeah, I get it. Like sometimes like that motherfucker probably needed to be shot too. Like, well, yeah. Yo, I saw this wild movie. Last night, yeah. it's called "I Care a Lot." Oh, I saw it too. I saw oh, it too. What did you think? Okay, here's the thing, dude. It was so weird. Here's the thing, because you end up. Here's I wanted it to be obviously like be longer. The only thing about that, this is the one with um, uh, uh what's his name, Tyrion, Peter Dinklage, P Peter yeah. Dinklage, yeah. He, so Roseman like, Pike, who's just plays the perfect yeah, psycho. Who, yeah, totally. So like the thing is, is like. Some of it was very poorly written. Like there's literally a point where he's yeah. like, we should team up. I'm like, what is this, a fucking cartoon? And then I didn't understand it was like two, only two episodes, like is like a movie type thing. So that bothered me. And they they resolved it like well enough, but not really. But I I actually really did enjoy uh, watching most of it. It was pretty cool. Like it's it'll fuck with your head because like the shit that's being done is like, whoa, it's like, damn. That's yeah. It's such a, it was such a weird experience. My girlfriend and I were watching it and I'm like, about 10 minutes in, I'm like, I don't know, you want to change? You want to put something else yeah, on? Yeah. She's like, I kind of want to see where this is going. And then I'm like, okay. And then, and then she's like, oh, I'm down to change it if you want to. I'm like, no, I kind of <laughs> want to see what's happening. The music is so yeah, weird. Is it's such weird, this yeah. weird, eerie, visceral experience. But the, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, the guy at the end who shoots, you're kind of like, like to the public perception that she's putting out there, like being on TV and being like, just work hard yeah, exactly. and like all that stuff. Like everybody's like, oh my God, this crazy guy 
chubby white guy with a beard wearing a red hat, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Shoots her and then they're like, this guy's crazy. Like this, you know, it's like this gaslighting on this person who just wanted to see his mom, you know, but it, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, sometimes Fuck. like people like that deserve to get murdered. You know, it was it's like, she's an evil bitch. Fucking, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, they really make you hate her. They really make yeah. you hate her so much. And like to the point where it's like, fuck this lady. She did deserve to die. And you know, that's why movies are good because they put you in the role of being like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I feel like we ended the podcast already and I might I might just use this for the bonus Sweet. episode, but maybe not. Maybe yeah. we'll just, maybe this is it. But dude, thanks so much dude. for the time today. It was awesome to, to reconnect with yeah, you. Yeah, man, you're the best. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. What do you what do you got coming up? What do you got going on? Anything you want to communicate, Music share, tell? Stuff on the 24th. There's like a live ambient set I did with my friend Bill Patrick. That's going to be out and then the podcast and just regular shit, Patreon, all the fun stuff. But yeah, a lot more music stuff. Like I finally feel like I have like my my dream setup or build. your music is dope, dude. Thanks, man. You put it in the beginning of every show. Yeah, right? it's yeah. always a different track. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I really and the, the intros and the outros are amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I'm trying to. I'm not trying. I'm focusing more on that with my spare time. So when I find that, I awesome. Do that. Yeah. Synchronicity, Noah Lampert. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, Synchron. Is it? Synchronicity. What's the website? Uh, Synchpodcast.com. Do we still have to tell people? You know, it's in the show notes, guys. Super easy. Go to actually go. You want to go to Noah's website, Synchronicity. uh, Sync. Syncpodcast.com because it's a fucking dope ass website. It's cool, right? Michael Donovan yeah. wrote that from uh, Walking Home Podcast. Yeah, it's good. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I don't know him. Um, He's cool. You that's... should connect with him. He's a cool guy. You, would, you yeah, guys would have I a will. really good conversation, actually. You, that would be cool. Cool. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I would, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be. If you can, that'd be cool. Yeah, totally. I would. I would love. I always love meeting new people. It's such a great thing. Like even uh, when you know when you just meet someone new and you just feel like, oh yeah, like we're. Like, I get you totally. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Man. So that that sounds good. Awesome, dude. Well, that's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Noah Lampert, Synchronicity. Go check him out. Listen to his pod. Follow his stuff. Pay attention to his music, <laughs> and uh, keep imagining. Right? Yeah, man. Cool. Peace. Peace. All right, well, that's the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Always a pleasure to speak with Noah. And uh, if you like the show, go tap five stars on Apple Podcasts. It takes three seconds. It helps the show tremendously. Helps get guests on the show. Helps spread the visibility, spread the messages, the things that we're talking about. Check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike Brank for bonus shows, early releases, the Intersectum Discord chat, merch, goodies, stickers, and my new comedy podcast, Dosedelic, once a week. Also, Sheath Underwear, 20% off. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get 20% off with the co- promo code Mikeadelic. I almost said the Cuomo code Mikeadelic. <laughs> then you'd be dead. Uh, the promo code Mikeadelic for Sheath Underwear, uh, 20% off Mikeadelic is a promo code. And then check out all the other links. Shout out to Student Loan Tutor, Mushroom Revival, all that good stuff. And thank you so much for your love and support. You guys know what to do. When you like things, tell people about it, share it, spread it, put it on Reddit, post it on 4chan, 8chan, start coming up with conspiracy theories about Mikeadelic. Just get the word out there. Much love. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>